Welcome to the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. Normally, this being an odd-numbered episode would be a contributor episode, but due to some scheduling issues, didn't get a lot of contributor segments, and I had a lot of recordings from Metatopia, so this will be a Metatopia episode, which is kind of like a contributor episode because a lot of people walk by, so there's a lot of different people on this recording. Uh, before we get to that, a couple of things. I was part of the Clash of Creators Season 2 on uh, YouTube, which they're just starting to post the second half of that season. We played the app Subterfuge, which is kind of like really slow real-time diplomacy with subs. So if you're interested in checking that out, I will post the link in the show notes. It's quite entertaining, even now after having lived it a couple of months ago. It's fun to watch again and see all the deceit that was happening right behind my back. So you can check that out. And also, we have the finalists for the Board Game Workshop Design Contest, which I'm sure is why a lot of you are listening to this right now. So in alphabetical order, the five games going on to the finals in round three, where we'll play physical copies of them and choose a winner, are Book of Villainy by Fertessa Scott, Calligraphy by Eric J. Francis, Dragon Family by Chris Klein, Floating Market Mischief by John Jewell, and The Night Cage by Roswell Saunders, Chris Chan, and Chris McMahon. So congratulations to those five. Thank you to everyone who entered. I will be sending out the feedback shortly, so probably before you even hear this, you'll have it in your email. This contest has been going really well. It's really exciting. Uh, Some things that could be improved for next year, and I'm looking forward to getting some more feedback on that. But overall, it's been a great experience and really enjoyed looking at all of the interesting new games people are designing. Now, on to Metatopia. Metatopia, and I am here with John Zierden. I'm a freelance game developer with some pedigree from Indie Boards and Cards and Fantasy Flight Games. Jennifer Graham Mack. I'm uh, marketing with Keymaster Games and the editor in chief of PlaySatellite.com. <coughs> ben Beagle. I'm still no one of consequence. And we are sitting here at Metatopia. It is what is it like 11:30 Saturday, Friday? Yeah, 11:45. Just, just round up to midnight. It's like midnight on Friday. Well, I guess midnight Saturday. Anyway. So, it's been a long day. We've been playing games, lots of fun stuff. Let's go. It's going all right. It's midnight on, air quotes, day two of Metatopia. I played some really good games today that I knew were here, and I also played some really bad games today that I didn't know were here. And this is your first one, right, John? This is my first Metatopia. Metatopia. This is not my first game design convention. This is my first Metatopia. I came at the behest of Vinny. Vinny Sazzello, the convention runner. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your audience knows, so I'm filling them in. Yeah, well, your experiences. So, my experience so far has been pretty good, honestly. I was a little bit wary of being locked into hour, if not two-hour-long meetings where after 15 minutes I would know stone cold that I didn't want to play the rest of the game. Uh, and I've honestly only wanted to walk away from one of my games so far. Everything else, I did not, because I'm a polite human being. I played the entirety of the time. I gave them good feedback at the end, even though I think the game is unpublishable. Uh, but I convinced them that they should continue on their game design journey, because even if it's not a great game, they can, in fact, learn lessons from it. That actually came up in a playtest I was in today, where the, uh, the designer actually asked me, who should I pitch this to? And I said, honestly, in its current state, no one. 
and I really was more about not wasting their time because the game wasn't at a point where they should be pitching it. They had a lot of great ideas. They hadn't fully formed them. They had all the ingredients for the soup, and nobody had turned the pot on yet. They hadn't even cut up the vegetables. I mean, that was it was it was it was a lot of good skeleton and no actual game. And honestly, Metatopia is a great place for a game like that. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not in high testing, it's it's an awesome place to get some really nuanced play test results from people who have a little bit more experience in the industry. If you've got the pieces and you're trying to figure out how to put them together, Metatopia is a good place to figure out. Test too, so exactly. You can go in saying this is rough. We're just gonna try something. Yeah, it is honestly great to see uh, the variety of people who feel comfortable with coming here. It's like a, a place you can take risks like that um, and learn a lot because the number of people here who are a value of consequence are is high and um, are they're really personable. It's like a very more of a low key. Not except for Ben. I was gonna say except for Ben. He except is of ben. no <laughs> consequence actively. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so I feel like it's a really great experience for uh, new members of the industry. How many how many Metatopias have you been here? This is my second Metatopia. So last was your first. Also, last year was my me. first Metatopia. Ben, you've been to all the Metatopias. Five. I know I know my hand signals work great on podcast. <laughs> They, they assume it's not. Yeah. Is that all of them, though? No, no, no. Metatopia is... So I actually, like, in some of the, some of the, the Philly design groups that uh, hover around some people that I, I do some work with, I heard about this mythical Metatopia thing. Like, I was supposed to know what it was. But it was never something that, like, was something I was going to do until it was something that I was going to do. And it's just... It's become part of the double exposure rotation. I'm going to be at all three of their shows because... This is my chance to see people who are willing to drive from across the country. That's another thing this year. I was talking to somebody, and you know, it was, it, we were talking to somebody who's, who's kind of local in South Jersey, and they were like, "When did this convention go big time?" And they didn't mean big time like a pompous standpoint, like John. They meant big time, like um, they meant big time, like like they're like people flew in here, people drove halfway across the country to be here. Like we've been doing this whole, it's a two-hour thing. It's a thing you go to. You're local. When you drove six, seven hours, depending on traffic, it was only four and a half this time. This time, all right. This, this but I mean, time. I mean, you know, we, but there's, I mean, like John's here for his first time. There's, there's, this, this is a hype for people, and they're making right. a point I traveled of being all here. the way from Indianapolis. But people are making a point of being here. There's a reason to be here, and it's, it's, it's been interesting to me to watch that grow and watch the new people come in and then they're, they're veterans helping welcome the new people the next year. Last thing, the, the people are the value. Like yeah. If no one showed up, no one would show up. But because yeah, so all these great people show up, more great people show great, up. These designers showed up, so some publishers started to show up, which made more designers show up, which made more publishers show up, which makes more, and it's kind of feeding on itself yeah, it's a in a good feedback, way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but, and it makes it even more crucial that sometimes we do have to sit through those hard play tests uh, when they do her just to keep that level of um, uh, like the rapport uh, sort of standardized for Metatopia because that's the that's what people are coming for it's like really critical good feedback that they're just not accustomed to getting anywhere else. To touch on that for just a second, I know a number of publishers who are sometimes quite ruthless with some of their feedback. Also, I know some playtesters who pride themselves on being ruthless, on hurting the feelings of designers. On I've I've talked to a publisher who was really proud he'd made three people cry, and that's worthless. 
Like that's worthless. Being unnecessarily cruel not only isn't valuable for that designer, but it's not valuable for you. There's like, a difference between being honest and being cruel for the sake of entertainment. Honesty is extremely important, but doing that in a manner that lends some politeness is going to save your relationship in the future. Maybe they're a budding designer now. It's their first game and it's rough. But who knows, a year and a half down the road when you're still looking for games, that designer might have a gem because you were able to right, encourage them. You gave them. them a little bit of positive feedback. Like being like, this doesn't have to be the end. This is just the beginning. And yeah. Wasn't one of your talks today being a good playtester? Yes. I, yes, it was uh, great. There was a lot of people there. They asked great questions. Um, I was uh, on the panel with. I'm going to remember them. It's uh, Kevin Ortega who runs a LARP that I can't remember the name of, and uh, the woman who uh, does Breakout Con. She's in charge of Breakout Con. What is? I apologize if that to I the woman know. who's in charge of right now <laughs> for not having your name on my head. On It'll my be in the show notes. Anyways, it's so like diverse uh, people on the panel who were had um, expertise. Kate and Kevin Thank you. Perfect. Um, to Kate and Kevin. So Kevin LARPing, uh, Kate was role playing, and me with board games, and it was uh, really cool to see where overlaps happen, um, where there are specific strategies that shine through for different types of games uh, when you're t- getting playtests and just getting people to the table. And even for like, if you're giving, uh, if you're a designer trying to get a play test, just being open, the idea of being open to a wide variety of people coming in and trying out your game, even if they're not the most experienced like gamers in the world, like being open to that idea as well. Is that your first time doing a panel here? A panel about And you also did a panel about being a, a running playtest. Yes. Which, you know, just, so you, you could speak to both sides of that to people from experience. Yes, I had How'd to. How'd that panel go? I had to switch my. my brain function because they were back to back so I had to remember which one I was in. It was, it was a little testy. Um, but that one was great. That one was more like designers getting uh, came in and, and more of a round table discussion looking for specific things that are that are either more crunchy or like crunchy questions about getting specific play tests um, making your play test as well rounded as it can be how to interact with play testers uh, because that's like a skill that's really a skill that a lot of people lack especially uh, new designers who are just like sitting putting their creation in front of people they don't know at all for the first time that's a really astute point that's putting your putting your game in front of people is is huge especially yeah. in an industry that is I'm gonna be frank everybody filled with some people who are wanting for social skill the geek culture scene as people who tend to be a little bit more awkward than average and that's nothing Vinny. wrong with them Vinny say get in to, here say hi to the listeners hello listeners hello Vinny. Hi, Vinny we got a special guest star we're talking about Metatopia for the podcast do you know anything about it? Uh, never heard of it uh, would you ever go? I don't know it's, uh, <laughs> I, I've heard people get sucked in and never leave <laughs> He's talking about himself. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about himself. <laughs> He's talking about himself. <laughs> But we just got a second guest star. This is Johnny from Mayday Games. Say hello, Johnny. Johnny, say hello to the listeners. Hello. How was how was your first Metatopia? It's been great. It's a lot of fun. Johnny is potentially the most important person at Metatopia. Yes. I'm super important. I'm the most coolest ginger ever. That's probably true. Is that on your business card? Yes. It says most coolest ginger ever. CGE. <laughs> So, so that's where that company got that name. That's exactly where that company got that name. <laughs> it, was, it was misinterpreted in Czech. 
Are you going to play Cahoots? Uh, after I'm done recording the podcast, then yes. Well, you know, you I'm not going to walk away in the middle. These, these audience members rely on my sage wisdom. Nobody relies on your sage wisdom. Okay, that's very accurate, but... All right, flee now. Flee now for your lives. Bye, Vinny. So to finish the point before we were interrupted, playtesting is a skill. Running a good playtest is definitely something that you can learn and cultivate. I agree. Did, did you guys sit in on any panels, Chris, John? I have not yet sat in on any panels during my time. Were there any that looked interesting in the schedule? Honestly, I've been so busy looking at games, I haven't even had time to look at the panels, considering I was able to fill up my day-to-day with things that I was already doing. I managed to get to the second half of... Gil and Steve Rodriguez? Tim. 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 Uh, Gil and Tim's hard and soft incentives. Oh, how was that? It's okay. okay. It's, it's mostly what they talk about in the podcast. So it's kind of <laughs> kind of redundant. But some listener questions and stuff was interesting. So last year. So you're saying just go listen to that podcast episode you Yeah. So last year you you know you kind of made some points about things you might have done differently. Uh, how did those, like, were you able to pull some of those things off last year, this year? So, last year, I scheduled everything in advance. I signed up for, like, maybe 15 talks. I got here, I slept through some of them, I skipped others because I wanted to eat. I realized that you don't actually have as much time as the calendar says you do. So I learned not to schedule anything this time, so I just had my games, and then one high test they signed me up for, I signed up for a couple games when I got here. It was much more laid back, but still I feel like I'm busy most of the time, but on a stressed way, just know there's always stuff to do. Like you're saying, you're busy all the time. Exactly. In a I, great way. I walked in my first year having not scheduled anything. That's smart. That's I walked in the door and basically said, Vinny, what should I look at? And he handed some things to me. I had some games that I knew I wanted to go look at, but didn't decide which session I wanted to check them out during. Uh, and on my first day, all of Friday was busy from the moment I got down to the event space until basically now. Continuing. And, and continuing. I'm going to start tomorrow. I've you know got people that I need to speak to tonight. Uh, what do you think about the event space? Uh, the event space is great. It's a labyrinthine hotel with boardrooms and meeting rooms and ballroom space and tables jammed in the lobby, but there's a game no matter where you turn your head. If you can find it. If you can find it. A lot of candy, too. There's a lot of candy. It the is. hotel guests seem a little surprised wandering through, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hyatt Regency in Morristown, New Jersey is evidently a, a classic pit stop for a lot of airline personnel. So, like, constantly see flight attendants and pilots just, like, dragging luggage through the lobby going, what There's is a, going so, on? So, I'm a, I'm a local uh, to this area, and there's a private so there's a private airport nearby, um, but also the Hyatt Regency is an AMC headquarters, so there's a movie theater in here if you can find it. Once again, if you can find it. If you can find it. It's still laid out better than the horse hotel for Yes. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> there's Once less, you found the way in the that, it's at the horse hotel, there's it was get to the elevator, pictures. go downstairs, and walk downstairs where there's less hallways. <laughs> no, there were less hallways in the basement. Like, if you know where the lobby is at Unpub, you walk like 100 feet, go down an escalator, and you found a room that has like 300 tables full of games. I, I've never seen this in that one place, but the rooms. So say, I say, right visit my corner. room at Unpub. Your hotel room. 11 hours later, you might come out of the woods. <laughs> I mean, first I'd go, I mean, I'll visit your room anytime, Chris. 
But then I'd ask for very detailed instructions as to how to locate that space. I got need this. Although I did get lost looking for almost every talk I tried to go to. And on Bob? They were oh, all, here. Oh, here? Oh, okay. yeah. I was going to be like, That's they reasonable. were all down that hallway. Yeah, I, had, I had to show John the map. I forgot about today. the basement at first. And I was like, I looked everywhere. I looked in the back. I looked in the front. Like, where is it? I'm like, oh, it's downstairs. Downstairs, right? That's where they hide everything. That's where they hide everything. Yeah, the next actually, time I went downstairs, and it was upstairs. You have to do a, a kind of a... I got here intentionally early because even though I am a local and do come to this theater sometimes, I have to come here with the express purpose of relearning where everything is just so I don't have to struggle through that. Yeah. When I have to like get to something in 30 seconds. I wish the room naming like they they didn't use the real rooms like if they called it like basement one, <laughs> lobby right? two. That is insane to me. Rather They're like, all right, so the there's concord. <laughs> right, there's a cryptic naming scheme that the hotel already uses, and then Double Exposure decided, ah, yes, this cryptic naming scheme that's way too difficult. We're gonna come up with a completely separate cryptic naming scheme. Just layer that bad boy over top. <laughs> Hope people figure so, it out. Between the two, we are gamers. <laughs> That's not the game I wanted to play! You should definitely be confused. <laughs> it's a dungeon crawl. Get used to it. <laughs> I'm not a dungeon crawler, guys. I'm just not. <laughs> I like Ameritrash as much as the next guy. This is too much. So, Ben, earlier we were talking about a legacy game you pitched. Oh, I want to hear this story. I want to hear story. So, this, this, this would be the first in public. So, um, we were eating, uh, myself and Dave Beaver. Shout out to Beaver. Um, we were do, we were uh, chilling, eating lunch with uh, Zeth Schlesinger, formerly of Z-Man Games, now with Whiskit. And he was the special guest at, at Unpub a couple years ago. Tangent for just a second. Is Zev ever not going to be formally of Z-Man Games? I no, feel like no, it's just always going to so. be the case. That's it's his new last name. It's like it's like Zev Schlesinger Esquire, except yeah. oh, it's hyphenated. Gotcha. Yes, yes, it's hyphenated. Continue, continue, yes, yes. continue. Well, continue. wait, is it hyphenated or is it semicolon? Hyphenated. Clearly, it's, hyphenated. it's hyphenated. It's like it's like he he was he is now married to formerly of Z-Man Games. Exactly. Duh. Okay. So um, that's not Esquire then. So so it's it's but it's 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 a you know it's not honorific. You're right. Okay. I'm I so apologize. sorry for starting this tangent. Remember when you asked Chris what the topic of the podcast was? He was like, we're going to start with Metatopia and see where it goes. It's all good. Yeah, but I... Ben, continue. Okay. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. So... I appreciate you. (laughs) Tear. So so we were sitting with Zev, and and he's just trying to eat his lunch because, you know, he's a human in theory, like everybody else here. You know, he's a a teach-you god, but that's a whole different story. Um... Uh, you guys can ask John about that later. I'm very he, bad at teaching. He experienced very the other side of that. But uh, um, so people just kept, kept coming up to him while he was eating lunch, trying to set up meetings with him and start pitching stuff to him. Um, and, and just like while he's trying to eat like his sandwich, his burger. Or whatever. And so Dave and I just asked him, we're like, hey, so, so does that happen a lot? Do you just get like frustrated with people coming up to you with some dumb idea? Anthony, would you like to cast a pod? I did not even know you were doing this. Yeah, uh, yes. Join, join. So welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Oh, we're telling the story of my fake legacy game that Beaver and I will never design. Um, and if John so, signs up, you're all judges of the contest. So That's yeah. right. So, uh... Uh, so so we, we just started riffing on him, and, and Dave was kind of like, well, I've got a game for you. It's a legacy game, and I know WizKids doesn't, doesn't have any of those yet. So he just started riffing, and I started riffing, too. I think you've heard this jo- dumb joke before. But So so the idea is that, that we are going to throw in the most, like, banal... Uh, 
reductive legacy game tropes, along with every other game and theme trope. There's going to be zombies and vampires and high fantasy and Euro city building all in this game. Every game is going to be about an hour long. The first 15 games, you're kind of exploring this world that somehow all of these, you know, all of these stupid tropes have come to exist in. Before the 16th game, and for the 16th game, you find out that you have only been building a roll and move board. So, the 16th game. No, no, so, so, but every, that every game. Awful. No, but this is competitive. So you're earning one or two points. John, it gets better. You've got to wait. Even for an arbitrary John, game, it's never going to be. John, continue. Continue. we were just continue. getting this off the roll along on purpose trying just to one up each other. Just continue. I'm trying. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Um, so we were we were trying to one up each other. We kept going, and we came to this roll and move. And the 16th game is you play the roll and move. And over the course of the game, you might have earned two, three, four points for hitting achievements or being first in something, you know, being a race type of thing. So at the end of the game, you might have scored up to 30, 40 points, and there might be a range of points. So if the 16th game is playing that roll and move, and you're like, hey, that was, oh, they got us, ha, ha, ha. Except there's a box in the thing that says don't open under penalty of death, blah, blah, blah. After you've played that 16th game, that roll and move, you open that box. You open that box, and it's a D100. You roll the D100, add it to your score. Yeah. I knew you were getting to a golden snitch at some point. <laughs> the title of the game is like, 16 Hours of My Life I'll Never Get Back. And that's where we ended it with Zev, and he, he thanked us politely. He said it was an interesting concept. And maybe we should do something with it. And in two years, we've done absolutely nothing with it. But we have a dedic we have a place tester who has offered to specifically roll the D100 to make sure it's balanced. <laughs> That's the dumb legacy game. Uh, I was on a thing the other but day. those are things that happen coming out of events like this. I was on a thing the other day, and they were talking about horror games. Um, I said, well, I got like an economic horror game for you, but it's single player. It's like a $100 game. You're not sure if there's a game in there or a bunch of blank pieces. Every printing's different. So you buy it, and then you wait. Do I, do I open it and find out? There might be a really good game in there. If I don't open it and I don't find out, I can resell it. <laughs> if this becomes a thing, I can make money off of this. But there's didn't, the dread that I just wasted a so hundred dollars. So you don't know if it's <laughs> the, the Emperor's New Clothes inside? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, didn't you just describe like a really old Magic the Gathering pack? Did <laughs> <laughs> I describe all blind blind purchase? That uh, nobody ma- will ever magic. actually know about because nobody opened this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... I'm gonna resell this beta pack. But I'm selling it as a big box. <laughs> That's also how I feel about, uh, was it Invisible Sun or whatever that uh, Monte Cook's role-playing game? I think it's Monte Cook. I'm getting all my names mixed up. Whoever I'm bad-mouthing now, I'm sorry if it's the wrong name. They put out a role-playing game. It was like yeah, a $200 box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the books. You can imagine if you're playing D&D and you had to get all the books at once. You had to buy them all as one big thing. For anything that was ever going to be put out for D&D, you buy it all in one big box. And then you go, boy, I hope this game's good because he got me to buy everything without knowing yet. As opposed to buying just the first book and finding out if I like it or not. Then I'll buy the second book and then I'll buy the third book. No, 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 sir. $200. Extreme production. Buy it all at once. Good luck. I hope you like it. Honestly. Because it's all yours now. If, 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 if a company, if a company like Rio Grande came to you and said, hey, in order to play Dominion, you've got to buy $600 worth of Dominion, you'd be all over that. No, I would not I like Dominion. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's, you know, here, buy all the smash-ups and all the Star Realms all at once. Nah. 
You, that, that, that's that's but this guy made it work. Value. It's a trick. Don't, don't make me all in on a giant purchase. <laughs> With no anyway, knowledge. That was my horror game, was all, all inning on something you didn't know that's if it was going to be good or not. It's 40 in D-Books, that's right. How many books did you get? I didn't buy this. I thought it was a scam. This is a scam city. I'm not He's a lying. He bought your, four copies. How's your Metatopia going, Anthony? This is going pretty good. I keep playing, um, like, I didn't sign up for anything, so it's my own fault. But I keep yeah. playing, like, games that are, like, mega complicated and super low thematics. Like, is a high test or just, like, you're getting... Sometimes it's a high test, sometimes it's not. And I keep being like, this is cool, but a lot of this feels like complexity for complexity's sake. And I don't have a theme to pull me in. People, you got to make it exciting. Jay Treat said at the last mini, you know, everything you do in your game, everything you've got in your game should have a purpose. He told the designer that because he felt that there was cleverness for cleverness' sake. Yeah, I played a game and, I, and it was really like math was over my head. I'm sure the guy that made it was a math genius. I'm sure the people that want to play it are math geniuses. But I was like, none of these choices have any weight other than the math. And that, to me, is not weight to the choices. Jay. This is our third Welcome very important guest. How, how, is, how is your Metatopia going? Uh, it's great so far. Played some good games. My tests were very successful. I learned a lot. And uh, I have some leads for pitching some of my designs, so that's always exciting. Is this your first time here? That's right. I've been to Dreamation before, but I've been excited about Metatopia since, I don't know, years. While I was still living in California, it was too far to get to. How's it compared to your expectations? Because it's John's first Metatopia as well. It's about what I was expecting, I suppose, especially because I had been to Dreamation before. Um, and, uh, but it's still early, right? There's two whole like days left. it's only Friday. Yeah. It's like Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Yeah, Tanya, I, I, I mentioned to Tanya, I'm like, I'm not staying up as late as I did last night. She's like, yeah, because Saturday's going to be even later. Right. Yeah. Because she knows. She just knows. That, hey, I'll go to bed at 2 tonight because I know I'm going to stay up till 4 on Saturday. And we've got daylight saving time goes away. That's Dems the right. rules of conventions. Gain an hour. Gain an hour. That's extra sleep. Okay. And by extra sleep, I mean like... Oh, yeah, because I'm totally gaming at 2 in the morning. That's what I'm doing. Well, it's it's not it's not necessarily gaming, but it's part of Metatopia. No, but that's like that's such a big part. Same amount of sleep with an extra hour of gaming later. Honestly, that's really what it is. You don't have to be at the table when the clocks change. Although some of us will be. To those of you listeners wondering if literally all of gaming conventions are just sitting around tables playing games, that is a vast majority of it. Or game-like things. But sometimes we schmooze, drink, and hobnob, and that's also an important part of the gaming industry. Lots of food. Lots of food. Back on that subject for a second. Jay, you're a seasoned designer. You've pitched your games to many a publisher. If you saw a publisher currently consuming a sandwich, would you walk up to him and begin pitching your game? Just cold? Just yeah. cold. The easy answer is no. 
Those are the correct answers. I'm, I'm pausing to try to... I'm, I assume you're asking because someone did this. Because the story happened before you got yeah, it. Right. So, and I'm just trying to... I'm trying to give that pitcher, right, that game designer, as much benefit of the doubt as possible, even though they totally don't deserve it, probably. But I'm just trying to imagine in what situation could that ever possibly be acceptable? I'm not coming up with anything yet. Because there isn't anything. Because maybe there is. It's just, it can just be wrong. Yeah. Can just I know it's hard in today's day and age just to have a cold, this is wrong. But that can just be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got you've to give somebody it? personal Sometimes time. the simplest answer is, all, is the yeah. right one. I mean, Absolutely. You know, that, we all talk about like work-life balance in our own professional lives. And we got to give them that same respect because they're working 100 hours a week for board game pay. Wait, are there people who don't work 100 hours a week for board game pay? Yes. They work 100 hours a week for real money. Yeah. Oh, I'm in the wrong industry. I wouldn't pitch a game to a, a publisher that I didn't know previously from not pitching games to, honestly. Like, just know from the community. You know what I mean? Tim I wouldn't Blank. just go up to somebody I don't know and be like, if you ever oh, I to a publisher while they're eating to pitch them I mean, maybe would have made an appointment. Absolutely not. It depends on where you are. If you're at a convention, and I would wait for them to ask. You would wait for them to ask you. I would make an appointment or wait to ask. If I didn't know them as well. If you didn't know them personally. No. The audience knows already, so. So this is the reason, from the moment I walk into a convention to the moment I leave, I always have food in my mouth. (laughs) Designers don't talk to me and never pitch me their games. Which is what you want. Yeah, I'm a very successful publisher. So Tim, how's your Metatopia been? Hi Tim. Oh, pretty good. You came in Hi. with a blank schedule. I did. So how has that been working out for you? Um, I played more games today than I think I played any other day I've been at a Metatopia in the past couple of years. Yeah. That blank schedule didn't really work out for me. But it gave you that flexibility to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've been signing up for games as they need players or getting pulled into did you, have, did you go to the wall, or has it just been Vinny or one of the Sarahs coming to you and tagging you? Go to you the in? wall, or random designers coming up to me and saying, hey, I need another person. And I'm like, That's great. Yeah. Everybody needs you, right? To fill in when other people don't show. You were waiting for some people earlier. How'd that, how'd that feel, and did they cover you? Um, what ended up happening is uh, Sarah on staff played my game. Right? They tried to find someone, it didn't quite work out, so... Uh, but they still made sure you fired. They still made sure that I had at least two players. Yeah, so I, that was great. I had a blank schedule as well, so the slot came up and I had everything. And I just went, Vinny, I'm free. Oh, you guys held my, held my hands up, spun around That's once, great. and he was like, great. "Follow me." Are, are you in Nicole running stuff or? Yeah, but but yeah. this particular yeah, time. Yeah. What are you guys running here? Uh, just uh, laser riders and laser riders tanks. expansion and, and the tanks game. Yeah. Both both we've run once and they went well. And, you have one more for each? I think so, yeah, at least one more for each. What do you want, Jennifer? Uh, I don't have anything on schedule, I just have some uh, products and projects from Keymaster that are, are getting some, some final tweaking. Yeah, I, I, get, I get to hike around a park. You got to hike around a park. Take entirely too many photos. But I they think were pretty. Just, um, one too few. Yes. Well, two too few. Two too few. Yes. What have you been running? Today I had my high test of Elements of the Gods, uh, my reverse area control game about convincing the people of the world to worship you. You had that at the mini last week too. That's right. Uh, I've really been pushing hard on that one because I, I, a lot of people 
told me that it was good when I first got it on the table um, back in California with the game design group there. And I feel like I I gotta just keep going on it. Uh, and I also, I had uh, my deck building game, Dying Suns, earlier tonight. Um, my uh, sci-fi sandbox. Uh, and uh, tomorrow is Rule of the Stars, my roll and write game that's only a month or so old. Um, about uh, expanding your galactic civilization over a star map uh, by drawing lines and curves to connect the different. That's the one you're running at the Game Makers Guild. That's right. Yeah. So, Jay, have you shown Elements of the Gods to Bonacore yet? Uh, you mean the person who famously doesn't take pitches? Uh, the person who we can definitely get you a meeting with. All right, great. Then the answer is no. All right, so, deal. Great. I I'm happy to hear that. Somebody might know about it. But this is, I mean, this is what Metatopia oh, is. It's, it's, you're doing that, you're meeting people, you're doing all that nonsense. Yeah, because you've seen that game. Yeah. Back when you were evaluating it for Indie Boards and Cards. Exactly, and Indie Boards and, and Cards totally was like, this is not an Indie Boards and Cards right. game, but now that Indie Boards and Cards, excuse me, now that Indie Boards and Cards has Indie Game Studios. created a parent company and purchased another studio, <laughs> perhaps it's a Stronghold game. <laughs> Tim over here is writing notes that the podcast can't even see. Take that off. How rude. <laughs> Tim, what have you been showing? Did you show anything? Or? Um, my beautiful face. Um, my wonderful body. Tim has quite the girl. I saw your Halloween costume. That was impressive. Was that? I saw your Halloween costume. That was impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had to shave and everything for it. I did. And yeah, and my beard is still growing back right now. It's super strong. Um, you feel naked without it? I, you have no idea. Yeah, it's like my comfort blanket. <laughs> you probably wouldn't know. Um, no, you know how like people have like stuffed animals and comfort blanket? Yeah, my beard is, is that. Okay. Like, okay. And, um, no, I just I feel exposed. It sucked too because it was cold in Boston for the last week and I had no covering on my face. What about scarves? They're very stylish. It's cold enough for scarves. <laughs> yeah, it's only been it's like cool. 20 It's cold enough to sit here and complain about not having a beard, it's but cold. it's not it's cold, cold enough to grow a beard, not cold enough to wear a scarf. <laughs> not sure I know the difference. <laughs> Podcast famous Isaac Shalev has showed up. Hello, everybody. Isaac, how's your Metatopia going? Uh, my Metatopia is going fantastic. Uh, who am I talking to here? You're talking to the Board Game Workshop audience. Board Game Workshop. Pleasure to be on the show. So, uh, what have you guys been doing all day? Uh, playing the games? What a class act. <laughs> First one to like address the audience, say thank you, give it back. <laughs> it's like he's done this before. Making us all look like jerks. Just chumps. You know, they, don't get, they don't give this Punchboard Media t-shirt out to just anybody who Patreons at the $10 he's level. Just hide that in your format. <laughs> <laughs> his format. Do not just give that t-shirt to anybody who, who backs at the $10 level. But you should probably check. Just to make sure. 
Have you run stuff yet, Isaac? How does this Metatopia compare to the last Metatopias? I'm bringing you up to speed all the questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you ever pitched a publisher while they're trying yeah, to eat right. lunch? Don't give them a chance to answer the questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I, I have... Who are you wearing? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to go back yeah, to back to the he's, he's, he's wearing Patreon on Twitter Media Share. <laughs> no, no, they don't give that out via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Media. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing Belly by Halloween Chocolate. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, Huge bag of I did have a huge bag of Halloween chocolate. Now I have a somewhat smaller bag of Halloween chocolate. Tanya, Tanya gave me one of our bags and said, "Go do a magic trick and make this disappear downstairs." So it's still over there on that table. Yeah, I feel like there's a real surplus here. I feel like we're playing a, some kind of set collection game with the Halloween candy. I'm just trying to get rid of it. Past the trash, maybe, right? I'm just trying to get rid of theirs. Yeah, that's going to be just for Yeah, Oh, it cuts me real deep, Tim. It cuts me. We just played Isaac's We did. No, I've done all the things that I like to do at conventions. I have playtested games. I have gotten people to playtest my games. I have casually pitched publishers without telling them I'm pitching them. I have pushed publishers into corners and said, you will playtest this game now. But not while they're eating things. I'm not sure. Every time I've been casually pitched a game while the designer thinks I don't know I'm being pitched. Yeah. I knew I was being pitched. <laughs> because you the know, designer's talking. What I would really actually love is if you could give me some advice on this game. <laughs> yeah, I'll like, listen like to your I, pitch. Have, I have a marketability thing that maybe you could help me with. Yeah, I'll listen to your pitch. And a, and a cash flow issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logistics. Shipping. If you were publishing it, what would you do? Can you just imagine Sphere all of that happening for a little while? <laughs> And also, what kind of contract would you offer me? Yeah, you know, just in case. Yeah, I always, that's my first question when I do a pitch. First, I, you know, the first thing I do is I say the name of the game and I give them the hook and then I ask them for the royalty rate. Like, what do you guys do? 7, 8, 9%? Because they have to pitch you, too. That's right, that's right. It's fit. you got to find a good fit. He has to go back to Loomis and give Loomis all the details so Loomis can make the real decisions. Yeah, he goes back to Loomis. He's like, they're, they're only offering us 3%. Dang. Yeah, no, I, I don't wear the kilt in this relationship. Absolutely not. Hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> Hi, Kimberly. I know it's a loud for microphone. Podcasts can't hear waves. Yeah. <laughs> How's your yeah, meditation? Really Kimberly? Hard. Good. It's, it's your first Metatopia. It is my first Metatopia. Is it everything you expected it to be? How has it gone? What have you done? Would you ever pitch a publisher while they're eating lunch? That was so many questions at once, and I'm so tired. Okay, start again. First thing, what was the first so, question? So how does it compare to what you expected? Oh, yes. You don't want to know that. That was not a yes or no question. Not in pairs. Any It's okay. A little chaotic. Any highlights so far? Any highlights so far? Meeting you people. I already know you. That's a good answer. Would you ever pitch a publisher while they're eating lunch? No, that seems rude. Which one of you did that? Do you, do you think if I give $10 a month to Punchboard Media, they'll give me a sexy t-shirt like Isaac has? Only if you don't use Patreon to give them those $10. Because <laughs> through Patreon, you're giving them Patreon? nine. I don't even know. Maybe. We might be Punchboard. I don't know. Have you noticed a, a large amount of chocolate floating around here? Yes, because it was just Halloween. So, anything interesting you've played? I just played card PG, just a card-driven RPG. Needs a board game. I was 
told it was a board game. Was there a board? There was technically a board. <laughs> did you play a role? <laughs> game. Oh, oh, it's the setting. Card. Huh? Did you also play a card? I did. I played so many cards. Oh, it's the setting. A board role-playing game. And the a haunted house. A haunted house. But he changes it up all the time, I think. Because it's a haunted house. I was an archer. I don't remember my archer's name. Because an archer or an artur? <laughs> archer. Okay. That seems useless inside a haunted house. But... There was an error on my sheet. No, no, it was good. There was an error on my sheet where it said my weapon was also an archer. (laughs) Did you shoot archers? Yeah. She shot sentient human beings out of a bow. (laughs) They also then shot. I got to become human shields. That was what I decided we were doing with that. So we just rolled with the air. I was like, it says my weapon's an archer. He was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So it sounds so like it, was, with it, it sounds like it was an instructive play test for the designer. Yeah, <laughs> he's adorable. Though. Lessons learned. <laughs> and then I just ended up throwing Vinny at people every time instead of shooting it. Sounds so like you could have actually pajamas? be fun in real life. Didn't? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, and if you throw an entire person, it hits a much larger span than say an arrow. Definitely. So really, my weapon was amazing. It's not piercing damage, but still. Ghosts are immune to piercing damage. Look, when you... Good thing it's bludgeoning. <laughs> when you throw an entire person, they can just find the weak spot in the armor. As they They're find. also intelligent, yes. They can search yeah, and be like, throwing here. Throwing a sentient, sapient human exactly. being. <laughs> the accuracy was amazing. <laughs> but it was clever. It's an interesting thing. He needs to work on it. It's got good bones, though. That's the closest I've gotten to RPGing, really. Ever? I played Hearts Blazing once. It's like a television themed game, so I played a one shot RPG. Is that what they're called? Where you play one? I'm learning the terminology. Dropping the lingo. Yeah, Terms are important. Got it. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, but you use like prompts. You're building a movie or television show. Yeah. That's it. So we keep we keep having tag I'm tagging people in. Yeah. It's working out great. Yeah, this, this might like, be more people than Unpub. Although Unpub was all at once mostly. Tag Except for when Daniel Newman left. Yeah. Oh. Name drop. <laughs> Wait there. Oh. You want me to text Newman that? I'll just text him. I just want to know why Newman's not here. Because he came to the Unpub mini last weekend. It's no excuse. He came once three years ago, he said. And, and decided that was more. too much Metatopia for the next four years. I'll be back in five. But he's also, I mean, he's also doing, you know, BGG Con in two weeks. Yeah, so, you know, you still got to select what you're doing okay, and when you're doing it. We could all sit around the table and give him excuses for why he's not here. Or we could bust his balls for why I haven't gotten to play Astrolab yet. We can always do both. Okay, Why not both? Yeah, do that. Oh, no. Although now that you bring it up, November is becoming a very busy month for conventions. Yes. Too busy. So we've got Metatopia, BGG Con, yep. Unplugged. Yep. And a lot of extra things. life is this mm-hmm. weekend, too. Yeah. Yes. I also have Officer Trap, which is an invite only. Because you're f- fancy. I don't like invite only. Mm-hmm. But yes. At least for Packs Unplugged, I get to sleep in my own bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I still need to book a hotel. 
Oh, me too. <laughs> I do too. Wait, no. Wait. No, no. I have no. to clean my house because I'm going to have house guests. Yeah. All right, audience That's members. Source. For those of you planning to ever go to a gaming convention, never wait to book your hotel inside the same month as the convention. Hey, hey. It it's is full. a terrible, terrible plan. Hotels. It's Philadelphia. Says no, Philadelphia has one hotel. Says the guy who knew he was coming here Monday. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, that's about when I decided. Oh, we stirred it all together in a couple of days. Yeah, same. You just, you're like, you're like, you just made a phone call. You're like, hey, Vinny, make make this happen. Give it me a place. It was an email. <laughs> so you got in the hotel? Yeah. Because last year I booked too late and I was I was the next town over. I got in the a hotel. different Hyatt. Yeah, I mean, when, when we book this, when we find out that the hotel block's open, we book the hotel right away. Like, and we, I paid for Tanya and my badges like Friday. Yeah, Ben books actually the entire hotel, and then he scalps, scalps rooms back to designers. That does that's, seem like a thing. That's why my ticket was so expensive now. That's why, I, that's why I'm able to go to BGGCon and PAX Unplugged. Ben, you owe me 20 bucks. No, I, you gotta buy the $20 badge. You still get to do all the stuff. $20 badge? Nah, gotta get that free badge action. <laughs> that I know a guy yep. who knows a guy badge action. That's yep. My my badge is typed with my name. Mine is not. Mine is handwritten at best. That's what happens when you don't come and know you're coming till Tuesday. That's right. That's right. Because as Vinny said, I used to be a somebody. <laughs> oh, that was nice. Of you. So, anything else before we close this up? Metatopia, yay or nay? Can I give it a medium? Sure. I'm going to give it a a really staunch thumbs sideways. That's basically where I'm at, yeah. Extra medium. Yep, extra medium. So first time, first time, second time, how do you feel about Metatopia? Second time, you still have another layout. (laughs) Yeah, that's valid. Thumb sideways, extra medium? It could be a thumb sideways on there. Jay, first time. Metopia. First time. This is awesome. I'm I'm all in. And I maybe because it's my first time, I'm not, not seeing yet. any criticisms. I'm just seeing the best version of the convention that it could possibly be. Just accepting that as truth. Not digging any further. <laughs> Just the surface, it's good. Moving on. I think it might be raining sideways outside. So I'm definitely going to stay with the thumb sideways. And we'll see how family dinner goes tomorrow night. That's true. Oh, yeah, this is a Friday night rating. We'll check back in Sunday morning early. Or Sunday afternoon when you're dead. Deal. I'll tag on a five minute addendum. I'm going to say good. I mean,. No convention is perfect. Like, there's a Excuse lot of me. craziness. So, no design convention is perfect. There we go. Random Game Summit is perfect. Yeah. 24-hour gaming. <laughs> Can't beat it. I just wish it wasn't the same month as Unpub. Hey, hey. Schedule it better. Unpub is... You're always moving conventions around to make sure you can get the there right date for the right thing. I mean, we had we had BGG Con and PAX Unplugged the same weekend yeah. last year. You know, but they because they had to make it happen. This year, things have changed. Who knows what will change in the future? 
There we go. Well, when they don't line up, then it's just every single weekend is a convention I can't go to. Yeah, well, that's, yeah the, that's the best thing. Wait, can't go to? Can't go to. He has responsibility. Just be full-time in the industry already. Oh, okay. Deal. Done. Can you live off of just pennies? Because that's pretty much what you get. No. Yeah. I live in Massachusetts. I know. You need at least three jobs to be poor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's my true. God. That's valid. He makes a very valid point. The Midwest, the Midwest is a place you can be a full-time theme developer. Even then, it's difficult. Because <laughs> where do you get your playtesters? Where do you get your editing? Yeah. That's where you get everything nowadays. You get everything you on that do internet. You still need more than three pennies, even to live in the Midwest, I think, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, but with the with the cave, the sideways the caveat is thank you to Vinny and uh, Abby Honestly, and the course. double exposure yeah. team who, who work like tremendously hard to keep it personable and um, they make uh, do a really great job of making everybody feel really well. They do. The system is just a little confusing. I mean, how many conventions have you been to that have a designated crying couch with signage? Yes, that's valid. It's over by, by the bar, bar in fact. <laughs> Walk over John, there. we'll introduce you, don't worry. I could I could utilize that. You could use a good cry. Could use a good cry. Use a good cry. Just right now? Just let it all out. Because we can show you where the couch is. No, not yet. Don't go to the couch. This is not the couch. He doesn't want to edit that out. I'll hold it through the podcast. If I can't swear, you can't cry. I'll hold it through the podcast. There you go. You got it. I'm proud of you. All right. Let's finish this up with some contact info. People want to get in touch with you. Oh, if you want to get... Or not. No, never get in touch with me. No. If you want to get in touch with me, at John Zierden on Twitter, I'm going to make him put it in the info for the podcast. Hey, just shoot me a message. At KJ Vivia on Twitter, and I own Granite Games on it. What? And I am again Jennifer Graham Mac. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Play Satellite. Oh. I'm Jay Vowles. You can find me on Twitter at <laughs> ET Goat. That's E T G O A T. I'm still Ben Beagle, no one of consequence. I can be found uh, on Twitter as some fat kid. That's S U M fat kid. If you need me quicker, it's one eight hundred Ben. It is not. <laughs> Don't dispel I that myth. Try it now. Hold on. It's not enough numbers. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Ben's a very special man. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our Inventor level supporters: Brad Bachelor, Chris Turner, and Alan D. Eckert. That's all for this episode. You can get the show notes for all episodes at theboardgameworkshop.com. Follow the show on Twitter at the BG Workshop. Join the show's Facebook group, discuss the episodes, and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com/theboardgameworkshop. Thanks for listening.